San Francisco chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. Our chapter is made up of 1,000 members and 16 issue-based and internal-facing committees where the heart of our organizing happens. This is a praxis-centered podcast where we talk about the tactics, strategies, and actions of winning socialism with the organizers who plan and implement them. Uh, My name is Darby Thomas, co-chair of the DSASF Mobilizer Committee. I'm Leah. I'm the um, I'm the interim co-chair of the SF, DSASF Social Working Group. All right, cool. And we're going to be talking about our chapter's contingent at the Women's March uh, this year. So I've got this little blurb I want to read really fast. Um, so this year, there were about 600 marches in different cities. Um, the theme was a women's wave to celebrate the 127 women elected to Congress. And in San Francisco, the rally was co-hosted by Planned Parenthood, and about 60,000 people turned out this year for the march. Uh, for context, uh, last year, there were about 80,000. Um, and so I was reading in the Washington Post that uh, they were reporting that the at the D.C. March, most people uh, came without any organizational ties and people who came for the first time were more likely to self-report that they were like moderates or like even Republicans. And so um, some more stuff that came out of that report where um, something like 80 percent of people that turned out reported that they turned out for um, uh, to support women's rights. And uh, nearly as many, 76 percent, said that they turned out to oppose Trump and his policies. So, you know, like consider the source, but the D.C. crowd is being reported as being kind of like more moderate. Um, so, Leah, what did the crowd at the San Francisco March feel like? Did it like to me, it kind of felt like a little bit more radical than that. But what was like the vibe you were picking up? Um, I got the vibe that it was, it was overall more radical. Um, leadership definitely felt, or the public face of the march felt pretty moderate, but the actual participants felt very radical. It was, it was, it was kind of cool because we were definitely the largest contingent, which was the socialist labor contingent. Um, along with, and we were marching with the missing and murdered indigenous women's contingent and more moderate or progressive contingents were a little bit smaller, but it still felt like the general message of the march was sort of starting to get away from like this, um, very cis-normative, um, whitewashed idea of feminism and towards something that's a little bit more inclusive of all um and not just and by all i mean by more inclusive i mean like more non-men not people who strictly identify as women if that makes sense 
Yeah, uh, I want to dig into that a little bit more. So, like, were there, like, specific contingents that you were looking at? Uh, were there, like, specific, like, speakers at the rally that made you, like, feel like, oh, yeah, we're moving away from this being just, like, a very, like, you know, cis women, girl power, um, like, centered movement? Um, I wasn't, I didn't get to see all of the speakers because we had to line up early, but, um, there was a lot more focus on sort of how corporate feminism um, hurts more than it helps, um, particularly with the missing and emerging missing and murdered indigenous um, women speakers because um, because like that's such an undercovered issue and. Um, very few people know in the U.S. that, like, it's, there's some crazy statistic, like, 75% of all Native American women will experience some form of sexual or gender-based violence in their lifetime. Um, but, like, when we think of, like, the Women's March, stuff like that doesn't come up, even though, like, domestic domestic violence and abuse is something that every, every person has deal with whether it's in a different like whether it's in a personal context or like they've witnessed it happen to people that they know yeah for sure so um for more context the san francisco rally started with the indigenous women of uh, the america speaking out for missing and murdered indigenous women um and so they they like started before all the other like speakers uh, uh turned out and then the rest of the lineup had like a mix of like politicians um folks representing community groups like our friends at the coalition on homelessness um like sam spoke and she was like super great and then there were some like writers and poets poets and artists um Let's see. And I guess I wanted, um, yeah, do you want to talk about our, our contingent a little bit more? Um, so we were marching with um, Internationalist Socialist uh, Organization NorCal, ISO um, NorCal, um, along with ISO um, NorCal, DSASS, um, and Workers' Voice. Um, or I'm not going to try and say the Spanish pronunciation because I, my Spanish is terrible. Um, but so we were marching in a mass contingent, um, that was strictly pro labor, pro socialism, pro socialist feminism, um, which was pretty, pretty big. Um, it was like a, it was a first, not a first, but, um, like, at least in my time as a DSASF member, um, there's, I think last year we marched and it was obviously, we're publicly socialist, but we didn't have like this mass, um, we didn't have this like mass contingent that we did with ISO and um, Worker's Voice. 
Yeah, it definitely felt like we had our our shit together, like more uh, more than in previous yeah. years. Um, yeah. So for a little bit of like context, the very first year um, of the Women's March back in 2017, our chapter had been like a chapter for just like a couple of months, um, and then the big like. Um, like Trump bump happened and um, we went from being like you know like a handful of members like six active people to being like 400 and we were so disorganized that we didn't even like march together and there was something like 20 of us that turned out but we like didn't know that you needed to like meet up at a prior location and like go to the march as a group um yeah, and that was like the big massive one too so to um contrast like this year with like 2017 i felt like way more organized and like way more like experienced for sure um, um, we, we keep like kind of like not, not, not very like favorably, like using like girl power kind of like derisively. Um, and that leads me to like this like next question, which is like, why is it important for socialists to be at the women's march? You know, knowing that it's pretty flawed, knowing that, um, that it is like, um, even in San Francisco, it probably ticks a little towards like, um, a, a more like moderate crowd. Um, yeah. So for all of its flaws, like why go to women's march? Um, sort of to, I mean, in showing up, we do have the ability to sort of push the needle or yeah, push, push the needle, um, a little bit and sort of, um, show that like our solidarity with women isn't contingent on whether or not they're a socialist. We uh, obviously want to consider it, but, um, you know, solidarity isn't just, like, showing up with, showing up um, and showing support for working class people with whom we agree, but supporting people who are, you know, vulnerable, um, marginalized. Um, so that's one reason. Um, two would be it's, this is like a lesser priority, but, um, you know, it's a good way to get the, get the DSAs, you know, get the socialist message out there. Um, a better world where we're not trying to keep our heads above water and tread in this capitalist hellscape. Yeah, I think that's really uh, real. And I wanted to share... Um like my experience a little bit. So um, I was there uh, with a Mobilizer and what we do at rallies is we're just like passing out swag. We had like a bunch of buttons with like cute slogans on them um, and uh, we're passing out signs and stickers. And um, I ran into this thing where I would just kind of like, we ha I just like would randomly like select stuff out of our bag. And like sometimes it would just say like the word feminist and like the, um, oh my God, the teens, the teens are so radical. The, so lots of folks that I wasn't like expecting would say like oh hey this is good but can I trade it for the one that says socialist feminism or like can I have the one that says this is what a socialist looks like and like that just made my heart very warm um folks are um yeah like I I had to like check my underestimating of the crowd a lot of times and maybe it was like a self-selecting group like the per the kind of person that goes up to the big like socialist contingent is probably you know more likely to 
think socialism is good. Um, but still, it was like really cool. Um, every time like I underestimated someone, they would show me up and say like, no, actually, capitalism sucks. Give me the swag that says, you know, um, abolish capitalism. So that was super great. Um, and one of my favorite experiences there. Um, yeah, really made me like realize like you can't underestimate uh, underestimate people that like turn out to this stuff, um, especially mm-hmm. the teens. The teens are so rad. The teens are so rad, especially <laughs> yeah. the ones that were like in the sort of like mod- moderate contingent in front of us, but who were like dancing along to um, to like our drummers and like obviously like seemed like they were sort of sort of starting on their journey towards radical radicalization, but not quite there. That gave me hope. I mean, I think the first student loan payment is uh, like is doing the work of DSA for us, honestly. Um, cool. oh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so our contingent had a spontaneous protest. Like, we didn't show up planning on doing this, but then, like, you know, we realized we had an opportunity. Um, yeah, so can you, like, summarize, like, what happened? Um, with Agro Grandma? Uh, yeah, but, like, you know, maybe just, like, from the, the start of it. Uh, we don't have to talk um, about yeah. Agro Grandma if you don't want to. Okay, well, it's kind of funny now that we're two weeks out or a week out. Uh, yeah, so Marilyn Breed has been sort of touting herself as this protector of human of city and all of this, while at the same time authorizing city agencies to literally sweep homeless people off the sidewalk um, and just kind of pushing them around from one neighborhood to another in San Francisco. And this is especially bad because we have something like 7,000 homeless, 7,000 or 8,000 homeless people on the streets and like a waiting list of like probably as much as that and very few beds and little shelter options. So really it's like whenever, whenever, she does this or allows her allows her city agencies to do this it's sort of sending the message that like we you know we will try and help people as long as it looks like as long as we look good doing it and like you know we you know and if it's done in a way where like we can keep homeless people out of sight which is obviously horrible you don't you don't you know you can't disappear people um yeah so like one thing i want to add there is um so san francisco uh the start of the year we just had some really brutal storms um just like non-stop pouring rain um and this this was like high winds uh really miserable weather and uh to to really like paint a picture of how severe the weather was, uh, the wind and was like so high and the um, downpour was like so heavy that the ground was like wet enough uh, for these like giant like 30 foot trees, maybe not 30 feet, maybe I'm exaggerating, but like the really tall trees on like Market Street just completely fell over and into the street. Um, so in this, mm-hmm. this kind of weather, um, the city rolled out 25 more mats like more not even like beds or rooms or units 25 mats on the floor of our shelter system to try to you know alleviate the misery of 7,000 folks who are like sleeping on the streets of San Francisco 
Um, yeah. And, it, and that just, it, it is just not enough, obviously. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Um, and so um, my, my context was um, as mobilizer committee, we're, uh, we're folks that are um, sort of like there with a chance and figuring out like how to like entertain the contingent. And so as soon as someone said like, oh, crap, London Breed is pre- speaking, like, what do we do? Um, in light of like all of this recent stuff with the sweeps, it just seemed like really obvious that we needed to um, chant um, uh, homeless rights or women's rights, rights or women's rights. Stop the sweeps. Yeah. yeah. I was and sort of starting trying to give the systemic context there, but um, obviously it was in a it was respon- in response to a very tangible thing. Um, yeah, it was like top of but, mind for like not just me, but like everyone in our contingent. I think like uh, yeah, just uh, I think you pointed it out really really well. There is this real hypocrisy over um, the treatment of like human life in San Francisco, especially by our political elite. Yeah, if it's if it doesn't look good. Um, then people just don't don't really do it, um, and that's just kind of like really heartbreaking. All right, yes. Yeah. Uh, anything else on just sort of like the the action uh, before we get to the response to the action? Um, I thought it was, no, I thought it was it was. I mean, for on sh- short notice, um, we weren't planning on doing it. I thought it was it was good and it was, it was effective. I mean, people obviously hurt us and, and, you know, we, you know, people noticed and, and it sort of made them think a little bit more about how, like, sort of think more critically about how, um, you know, we have these big plan demonstrations in favor of women's rights, but then, don't really practice what we preach the other 364 days of the year. Yeah, and I was really impressed with how quickly, um, not just like DSF members, but other people in our contingent were super down um, to participate in this like spontaneous protest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know who came up with the idea originally, but whoever you are, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, our yeah, it was... I think it was received by the it was received by the people who needed to hear it the most. Like London Breed obviously wasn't expecting it and she continued to try and talk. At one point, like she yeah, at one point like I think she cut her speech short just because she couldn't you know hear on while we were being yeah, right on. Um, cool. So, um, that the that's some of like the positive stuff. Um, I actually did not know any of this happened because I had like moved away from the cra- from our contingent to try to like capture video of the protest so that we could um, have really you know solid material later. Um, but yeah, what what happened? Like, did you see any of the like stuff that happened? Yeah, actually, I was standing next right next to the woman who is holding the microphone and the bullhorn and uh, and leading us in the chant. And she's a smaller woman of color and I have a lot of respect for her. And it was just so, it just felt so like perfect of an example of how shallow the sort of like 
liberal woke feminism can be because this older white woman came over and started screaming at us at, at this woman who was, who was leading us um, and telling her that she needed to shut up and she was being an asshole. And like, how dare she talk over, or how dare she talk over a woman of color? And it's like, well, okay, that's not, I mean, that's obviously what's happening here, but like there's the, oh, she's not doing it just because she wants to be mean. I mean, there's a real answer for what she's doing and you know, is, is she not also a woman of color? Um, and she tried, and this really aggressive woman tried to play it off. Like she was a, she was an elder and, and, you know, and she was hard hearing speeches and, you know, how dare we talk over our mayor? And it was like, and she actually swung at both of us and a couple of other people and kept trying to grab the microphone and was shoving and pushing and it was not a good scene all around. And given like how quickly everything happened and how chaotic it was, I thought our members did, um, had a perfect response, which was sort of to like circle the woman who was holding the microphone and like kind of hold, hold space um, while this and protect her from this woman who was like, almost sort of trying to start a fight. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was a lot, but you know, she, and then she went on, she went on the attack on online later that night, trying to say that, you know, we were all, we were, you know, we were being disrespectful assholes, I think is what she said. Um, and like everybody around her was upset at what we were doing. So, no, other thing with, we were weren't trying to be or trying to start like a riot or anything. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah. Yeah. So I want to like repeat that sentiment that our contingent re reacted like perfectly. Um, it's never a win when something like escalates into physical altercation. Um, it doesn't help our movement. It doesn't help like the person um, on the other side of that. Uh, we win when things are successfully de-escalated. So I'm very proud of everyone who, um, you know, used our de-escalation like techniques to get the situation calm to like remove the aggressor from the uh, person being targeted. So I'm very very, very proud of everyone. Um, yeah, so I was totally unaware that this happened until like much later. Uh, and I can talk a little bit about like the, the Twitter response a little bit. Um, because yeah. that's like, that's, yeah. uh, that's my wheelhouse is like talking to people I disagree with on, on Twitter. Um, and I was like really proud that everyone that like saw her response or uh, her like narrative uh, coming in and like being very like genuine about like, hey yeah so thank you so much for that uh that feedback um this is what we were trying to do um thank you like so much for you know being open about like you know just like using language like that even though clearly that we weren't going to change anyone's minds um 
And I was like really interested in this like uh, dialogue that I was starting to have with this person where I was really trying to get this person to um, articulate like a better form of protest. Uh, liberals love to like say like, oh, the cause is good, but your tactics are bad. And there's like never a great way to protest, right? You, you can't like, you can't speak up because that's rude. You can't um, sit in Nancy Pelosi's office, right? Because that is disrespectful. There's like, there's never a right way to do it. So I wanted to use this opportunity to say like, hey, hey, you have like an open line of feedback right now. Please tell me what is like the correct way of doing it. And she started to give me a really genuine answer, um, which was like, oh, you know, back in the day, here's like something I did. And I was like, oh, cool. Awesome. How effective was it? What were your demands? And then like in, I got like the block at that moment and she decided that I wasn't being genuine and that I was just trying to like catch her in like a bad like situation or something, which was like honestly pretty unfortunate. Um, and I saw like a, a a thing on Twitter that I want to repeat really quickly, which is like this was like watching one of Plato's cave people get unshackled in real time and then like refuse to stare at anything at, but the wall. I feel like she was like right at the cusp of like realizing that the kind of tactics that she thinks are the correct way of doing things are just totally useless. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But we, we made some pretty good points about how, yeah, we don't have uh, radio towers or TV stations. We just have the platforms that we, we get. Um, so uh, very proud of our contingent and very happy to, like, get you on the record about, like, what happened. Um, yeah, so um, that kind of, like, does it for me. Did you want to, like, wrap up with, like, um, any, like cute stories you had um you did a badass job of like leading doing like chant leading throughout the march um I was like super stoked to see you like take on that role oh thanks um no uh, I just want to plug the our contingent fellow members um ISO and workers voice um they were really instrumental behind a lot of the um behind the scenes work if you will um and yeah it was great it was great marching with them yeah and so if um someone listening to this wanted to get more involved with the socialist feminist committee uh for dsasf what's the best way to uh go about that email us um socfem at dsasf.org Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for um, uh, talking with uh, me and talking about the Women's March. And um, yeah, I think I think I got everything. All yeah. Right, bye. Thanks, Darby. Bye. bye, Leah. Bye. Yeah, of course. Bye. The Democratic Socialists of America is the largest socialist organization in the United States. We have over 120 chapters in 48 states. We're an activist organization, not a political party. To become a member, go to dsausa.org slash join. To find out what our local chapter is up to, visit dsasf.org. Our intro music is by Young Chomsky. 